Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we cover the newest experimental patch, the result of the APAC All-Star Games, and even more Super Smash Rumors. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We just finished up the Asian uh, All-Star Games, and we are waiting for the NA Games and the end of this season with the Grand Finals. Uh, how have you been, Kevin, during this this week of kind of waiting but also not waiting for the season to be over yeah it, it was kind of a busy weekend for me i was i was out uh helping v and kumo uh two of my teammates from my first overwatch team uh move out to a new place so didn't have a lot of time to just sit down and watch a lot of these games but i was able to catch a couple of the highlights so at least i could chime in there um on top of that uh i had to help out with tryouts for the school um so i was re-watching all of the tapes sadly i couldn't be in the actual lobby but um for i was just watching over the tapes of what i was looking for to determine who's going to be on the main roster this year um the the turnout was really scarce uh i'm i'm kind of sad that there's not a lot of people trying out um but we're going to be running another tryout probably in the next couple of weeks or so to see who actually makes it to the team. Um, and we probably won't have a B team this year. So that's, that's kind of, that's a sad part of it. Uh, but the good part is at least we'll have some form of overwatch team still. I blame COVID. I, I mean, I, I blame a bit of like, you know, everything like, you know, you had Valorant, like we had Valorant, sweep up a lot of the really good like dps players because they they can make a break there um and when that happened like we even held valorant tryouts like two weeks ago and there was only like three people who showed up so that they there's not even enough for like a team there uh-huh. um and then overwatch there's more people who showed up but um, a lot of people overlap in their roles so um like we had like four support players we had like i think we had three or four tanks and we only had two dps show up so i'm like okay i don't think we can use this that well um like if if we had to make a team out of what was what came like you literally tried out for dps and you got the you got the slot for free um so we're trying to look for more players um so yeah if you happen to go to the school please use your uh use this time to join we really need players it's really bad um but yeah i also do blame COVID a little bit we don't have a lot of like time together to really get these events up and running um or even like say like hey we have practice this day or we're doing x y and z so um yeah the the tryout process is really tough um i hope that everybody if you are planning on trying out for your team just do it anyways uh the worst thing that could happen is they just say no um the best way to do it though is like even if you get declined right like even if you get denied um try to contact the person who does like the vod review um and ask them 
what you can do better. Um, that is probably the best thing. Like I told my people who didn't make, who didn't make it, um, or who is like off of consideration, like what they need to focus on. So if they wanted to come back next next year and they show that they're doing, that they are improving, um, they can easily get into the, into the team potentially if somebody, if an opening comes up. And how how is your week? I know mine's been like Overwatch and moving, but uh, how about you? Um, I also had a very busy weekend. Um, just more stuff with trying to get the house sold and and realtors and inspections and whatnot. Um, also working for the film fest. Like it feels weird for me because I'm I'm doing very little at the moment. Um, whereas normally, if it was just our week long film festival, I would be scrambling to like get in between locations sell tickets like troubleshoot and whatnot and for covid like for us we're not allowed to hold this in person which is really hurting our ticket sales because um well it might not actually be it might just be dispersed throughout the month now that i think about it but like we're not able to to get people who are just curious off the street who have nothing to do that day to buy a ticket we're not able to get people to impulse buy tickets um i think that we found also is that a lot of the people probably uh, sometimes just come into the festival for the networking. They're not so much interested in actually watching the movies, but being able to to talk to people and, and create networks, find opportunities, and and meet uh, some actors and actresses or directors that way. So uh, it's it's been tough trying to figure all that out, um, but it's fine. We're we're getting past it. We're our festival is happening. People are watching a lot of the films. Um, I've seen a couple of them that are like absolutely fantastic. If you get a chance to see, um, for example, the Donut King when it goes around in its festival circuit, I highly recommend it. Also, the Paper Tigers, which is, uh, I found out that one of the actors in it does the voice for Scorpion for Mortal Kombat, which is absolutely crazy because he looks nothing like Scorpion. He's just this bald Asian dude who's a little bit tubby, but he has he does fantastic in the film. Um, aside from that, I've been playing, uh, I, I played with the Zomniks a little bit. We were on season two of our, our matches. We have a match on Friday. Uh, I haven't played a lot of Overwatch, but I managed to get the skin, um, for Tracer. And then I just played Mario for a little bit. Uh, Galaxy is, it's so weird because everything's like upside down in the gravitational aspect of it. But like, it's not as infuriating because you get lives way too quickly. Like, I have like 85 lives right now for Mario. I, I don't understand how you get lives that fast. Yeah, I I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, I, I haven't even gotten my copy of it, but I'll, I mean, from what like I remember, five more months. <laughs> yeah, we, we got we got a bit of time, so um, we'll just see how how it goes. You know, um, if I do get my hands on it. Um, I don't know if I'll have it in time for my 24-hour stream, but um, I I hope to play it at some point. What What's kind of upsetting me about it is that I bought it at GameStop for like 60, and I went to Walmart the next day, and they had it for like 40, 50-ish around there, like in the mid that mid space. So I'm like, do I buy a copy and return it to get the 10 bucks back, or do I just kind of eat the the loss? And it's like it's not worth it, so I just ate the loss. But it was kind of it's kind of disappointing when retailers like undercut each other a little bit. And I I heard that Walmart broke Street Day as well because I know a lot of people got it early. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I don't know if there's like any like specific things that you know companies say like you can't release this early or whatever. Um they get it in early and then they're just like, all right, I guess we just stock the shelves. Uh, but really there there should be something about that. Yeah, because like street date, you're you're not supposed to break it. Like I, I don't know what happens to retailers if they do, but like there's a set date when things are supposed to release and they ship early. Um and like I mean, if you look at it now, like looking what happened with the PS5 pre-orders, like there are some retailers who are are not gonna be able to fulfill those pre-orders. Like people got a lot of flack for it, um, because just the chaos that it in that ensued. Because I mean if you don't know, like what happened with the PS5? They announced the PS5 price and release date, and they announced uh, when the pre-orders would be available the very next day during the PlayStation event. Um, but some retailers took it on themselves as soon as that was announced to already start taking pre-orders. So sold out within minutes, and a lot of people who realized that the street date on that was broken were uh, just scrambling to get pre-orders. And then now it's at that point where. Um, I know especially in Ireland they're facing this problem where some people aren't going to be able to get their pre-ordered systems till 2021. Uh, some pre-orders are getting canceled um, and there's just not enough supply to go around. Yeah. It's supposed to be a fair chance for everybody to get what they want, you know, in these kinds of situations. Um, and I hope that, you know, people who did pre-order do get their, get their ps5 when it does come out so um yeah good luck to everybody who pre-ordered um, see i don't have that problem because i wait till like at least a couple see like six months ish after a system comes out before i get it because by then they've worked out some of the 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 kinks in it mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're the same as me like we just wait for we wait a couple months until there's like a version two right uh like a like a little bit of a fix up because you know they're gonna find bugs in the first one so absolutely might as well just let them worry about that while they can and then we just kind of you know swoop and get the good one and like even (laughs) in successive generations like i I bought um a white ps5 ps4 off my friend because i needed one for uh my apartment uh when i was in college but like that one just spits out the disc randomly like I was in a I was in a match for for Zomnix and it spat out the disc, so we had to like pause the game. Yeah, while, it, while it's I needed just to fix that. Weird. Like sometimes it just doesn't want to work out for you. Um, and yeah, I've I've seen that happen on occasion where you know a, a system is brand new and people hop on the train and then it just bugs out or dies instantly. Um, I know a lot of people are hyped for the PS4. I'm waiting on, honestly, I'm waiting on the, the Quest 2. Um, you know, second generation of the Oculus Quest, which was the all-in-one, like, VR system. Um, they did a big Black Friday special for that last year, right? Yeah, they, they did it for the original Quest. Um, and the original Quest, people are saying, like, it's cool and all, but it has, like, a very... Um, short lifespan and you have to get like a whole bunch of just like extra stuff um in yeah. order to make it work um but the cool thing about it is that it was all in one like you could take it anywhere plug it into a tv or not even plug it into a tv just say like this is my box don't make me go outside of this box uh-huh. uh, and just go into what you want to do um that's that's what i liked about it it's like 
it's able to read a room like instantly and you don't have to set up like a whole bunch of extra stuff. Um, but the quest two is supposed to be the same thing, just in a smaller like frame and you know, more refined because it's the second one. Uh, I'm, I'm just waiting on that. What would Overwatch VR be like? Can you imagine that? I remember um, when I was playing TF2 for a while. Um, they had. Have you seen the one where it looks like a baby, like baby walker thing? Have you I seen those? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they strap you in there, and, and they had a TF2 version of it where the guy would have to carry a gun and you would run, like, in the, in the baby walker thing. And it reads like where you're running to, and like if you jump, it jumps. Um, but he was like in there, and it's like full like immersive VR. You have to like run and like find something, like turn the corner. Like you see everything um, in its own way, but it just takes a bit of time to really set up. Can you imagine how fit like gamers would be if that was how we had to play? Oh yeah, we we would have jacked athletes again. Like just no 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 competition. We just have like these buff guys inside of uh inside the VR things. They're just running around and doing what they need to do. I mean, cuz that would be what we do to like to to cool off and to to blow steam. That like that amount of running and physical activity is like our fun. That's not even our workout. Yeah, that's like just what we would do normally if we're trying to <laughs> stay in shape like at this point we're just saying just work out you know who would be hardest to play do you think in vr Ooh, um i feel like tracer would be difficult just because of like spatial awareness and you would have to be able to like fully 180 yourself um if you're doing that i would say faro is pretty hard too like how do you how do you read the suspension like of being like in air? Um, let's see who who else would be weird. I mean, I feel like DPSs are pretty pretty standard as is. Um, Lucio would be a trip. Like trying to wall ride or uh, like Hammond. Like how do you how do you Hammond? <laughs> or like Genji <laughs> with his flips. How do you how do you do that? You just you just double i don't know how how do you how do you register yeah wall climb how do you you have to like literally climb like put your hands on like (laughs) i i I don't know that would be so weird uh i think i think thankfully now we don't have that because it would just it would would be a nightmare unless they like actually like fix up a rig that's specifically designed for for wonky things like this I think it'd be hilarious to see like them try it. Like if they had a setup for it, I think it would just be fun to have Overwatch League pros like try a match in there and just see see what happens. All right, so let's get into the actual news of the week. Um, starting with the latest P- uh, not PTR, but starting with the um, the latest patch notes. Um, so the last time we talked about any patch, it was an experimental patch. Um, that targeted Ash, Baptiste, McCree, Arisa, and Roadhog. Um, just a little bit of fixing to them. 
Um, most of the changes did go through, like uh, Roadhog's target pull for his hook is a little bit closer. Arisa's uh, projectile speed's a little bit faster. Uh, but the biggest one that people were looking at was McCree's roll, uh, and that only half went through. Um, the aerial aspect of his roll, where you could initiate the roll in the air, didn't go through. The distance increase of 20% did, um, as well as his flash stun or flashbang stun duration increase from 0.7 to 0.8 seconds. Um, at this point, I, I, I'm not sure how impactful that change is going to be now since it takes away the main part of what was changed, which was the ability to aerial roll. Like, sure, you'll be able to move faster and get away a little bit more. But I feel like it's still, he's still relatively underpowered to what he could be. Although, would we want him to be that OP? Um, yeah, that, that's a real tough question, honestly. Um, I do like um, the way how McCree feels right now. I was lucky for me last night, I did play a little bit of Overwatch. Um, and we we didn't have a good time with DPS, so they're like, oh, we should just like switch, get a couple people on there. So I played DPS for the first time in a long time, um, and McCree feels a lot better. Um, I feel like I can land my shots like on further on farther distance characters than normal. Um, but also, um, the flashbang range is something that you have to get a little bit more used to. Like if a tracer blinks in front of you, you have to like throw it at your feet, um, and then reposition. Uh, that's one that took me a little bit of time to get used to. But other than that, like, McCree feels good, like, in an okay way. Um, I wish that the aerial rule did go through so that I can hop from, you know, one point of Route 66 over to the gas station. Um, but, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. That's just how it is. Do you think this is really going to change much of how the meta is and the way we play right now? Um, hook is hook hog hook is a little bit stronger but people are going to be have to more be more skilled with him so that's going to take a while so we might see him drop off from the current meta a little bit um i think maybe the Arisa speed boost for her ammo will will do a little bit but not enough to make up for uh the nerfs that hit her so i i don't really see too much of a change coming through here yeah i, I don't think those changes are going to be meta-defining. It's not going to change the way how people are going to be playing the game, like how it already is. Um, I do feel like there is going to be a little bit of a... Like, the, the Ash Dynamite reduction um, helps a little bit, but it's not going to change the way how teams are going to be playing around it, you know? Um, right. Teams are still going to be using the same, same lineups um, in order to win the, win the games, essentially. So yeah, so no, uh, no further changes for now. No new experimental patches. That's just where we at with the game. All right. So this is a, this is a strange story, considering like for me, just looking at how discount codes work online and how you can track what's happening. Um, the Boston Uprising decided that they wanted to offer free codes for Overwatch on PC. Um, I'm not exactly sure why they decided to do this, but they did today. Um, which was today is the 29th or the 30th of September. They decided they were going to give away free codes and they took it down within an hour because too many people were using it. Um, which why wouldn't they? There's a, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people have bought the game already, but if you haven't, then what would the point be of not getting it? 
not all these people will probably be following the Boston Uprising on Twitter, but I'm guessing it's spread around through their friends or something like that. Um, or for people who just wanted to make the switch off console onto, uh, onto PC. Uh, one of the speculations that I read about as to why they might be doing something like this, which if, if this is not confirmed, this is just um, Twitter shouting into the void, is that Overwatch is considering transitioning to a free-to-play model. Um, although I'm not really exactly sure how that would work for Overwatch because a lot of it is based on like the, you pay for the service to play it and that, that money, part, part of it will go to um, whatever platform you're playing on, be it Xbox, PlayStation, or whatever. But also, like, part of that goes to Blizzard, too, to help keep the game alive, to help pay the people who are in charge of making all the changes that we want. Yeah, I, I understand the polarity of both of them. Like, I understand the free-to-play model, and it's something that uh, I knew that a lot of players were discussing, just because... Um, they want more players to be involved and there is whenever you have a game that has like a money barrier um you lose out on people even trying it in the first place right um we we saw that if you want to see a first hand like how that destroyed like an entire game uh look at artifact for from uh, valve valve put a 20 dollar price tag on their card game um and it doesn't even guarantee you cards so a lot of people were just like, okay, what's the point of me getting this if it's not even going to like lead to anything great? So yeah, what they got even do then. It it let you play the game and then you have to earn your cards through playing the game more. Um it wasn't it wasn't a good it wasn't a good system. Uh, that's that's all it is. Uh, it, it wasn't great at all. Um but yeah, I hope that if Overwatch wants to follow suit like in the same way, um, they can, and I feel like it would be a really strong idea to do so um, by adding a little bit of free-to-play aspect to it. Um, it means that you're inviting more players to play your game, um, and then you use the uh, use the purchased part of it for like the story, like the single player or the campaign. Um, or, you know, like boxes and skins and stuff. Um, that just makes it easier for players who are interested and who want to buy your game um, get more get more out of it. Meanwhile, like the players who have already purchased your game at the very beginning get that campaign mode for free. So it's kind of like the free-to-play is like the, the online aspect of it. Um, but if you want more of the story and of the lore and all that stuff and the play-with-your-friends kind of aspect of it, uh, you would have to pay for it. For me, like, go. I don't know if this is how you, how you would see it, Kevin, but for me, seeing the game go to free-to-play kind of feels like it might be the beginning of a death knell because if you look at other games that have kind of ended up going free-to-play, like, what was it, Battleborn was the one that originally started competing with Overwatch back in the day? Mm-hmm. Um, they went free-to-play very quickly because no one was playing the game. They were all playing Overwatch instead. Um, and it happens. It's, I see it happening with a lot of other multiplayer games. But I mean, I feel like that's just very much been the story of of the gaming industry right now. It's like you, you'll 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 try to go for a uh, 
a free you'll try to get into the the massive multiplayer online aspect of it and you'll focus on that um the multiplayer but then no one plays it and then your entire game fails and you try to go free to play to get more people in but it already has that taint of a of not wanting to play it other games that have been like free to play from the beginning like um uh what's the cyber ninja one uh warframe warframe yeah like warframe started free to play um and so when people found it, it it just took off it's still pretty much from what i understand it's still going right now it expanded into a very large industry um but like they didn't have to go from paid to free to play to get people in like it feels like that's just a sign of desperation yeah i could i could understand that as well it's like a last minute grab to get whoever and anyone to play your game um and that that probably yeah that doesn't look great on paper but at the same time like it could be opening it up so that more players play and if they want to invest they can um that's kind of the same business model as like valorant right now valorant was free to play and then if like you can play the whole game for for free if you want if you want like specific things for example if you wanted um if you wanted an item that really helped you out or like you want uh you want better gun skins you you pay for that um Mm -hmm. in particular but other than that i really don't see um i don't see a really big case for overwatch going free to play other than to get more players back Mm -hmm. um there's like only the people who are going to be invested in the story and the lore are going to pay for like you know that extra bit um and we've, we're already in your community, so there's no need to like make it free to play. But I guess if they want just numbers, like sheer numbers, that is the best way of going about it. Um, I just hope that they figure out what their model is um, and the way how they're going to expand it or make it better in their own case. Yeah. Um, if they did go free to play, how do you think they'd be able to continue to support the dev team and, and continue to have that monetary increase because i i know that there's people out there um i don't know how many of them but there's people out there who like the uh the overwatch game as a multiplayer but they have no interest in, in paying for the single player stuff yeah i i feel like the money is gonna come from like specific items like in store events um i mean the league already took 20 bucks of my money because i didn't have enough league tokens to get the the Ryan and the Diva skin, so uh, that that's a thing. I feel like here here's one specific one that I wanted to point out again. You, you remember when they did that Pink Mercy event? Yep. They need to do more of those. I feel like if you had more of those events and you said like even even if like Overwatch themselves said like, hey, we're gonna donate like seventy five percent of all of the money that comes through to like COVID-19 relief or something like that, right? Or uh, to help certain events, right? Um, and the rest of it, it goes to help pay for, you know, the actual assets and the checks of the people who are, are working on it. I'd be fine with that. Like, if you made a skin that one donates to a good cause, helps the, helps the dev team survive. Um, and then also, like, you know, if it's a good skin, like, people are going to buy it. It doesn't have to be like one a month. It could be like maybe one every three months, like a quarterly thing. 
Um, but if they did that, like people would be on board. Like, let's say if there was a bundle, like during, like e- even right now, if you wanted to do it for like the California wildfires, like the the Roadhog and uh, Junkrat skins, if it was a bundle of those two skins for twenty dollars, um, would you buy it if you knew that it was going to go help with fire relief? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like specific things like that. Um, would be a good way of them getting more people to, you know, fork up some money, uh, one, but also to help them, you know, keep some interest in the game. Like, right, um, right. it's it's not skins that you can get from loot boxes anymore. Like, you, it has to be, you know, at this time, this event. That would definitely be a good way to to keep the attention and generate revenue. I absolutely agree with that. Another suggestion that I've heard is is going through the battle pass mode. I don't fully understand battle pass. Do you and would that work? Um okay, so the way how a battle pass works is you pay for the pass. It's like an extra like little bit of money. Um it's usually like 10 to 15. dollars Um and you pl- you win more stuff by how much you play. Does that make sense? It's like there's a tier system. Like you you know the way how we like earn a loot box at yeah. the end by getting experience. Essentially there's like a separate line where you keep gaining experience but every single time that you clear like a level or something, you get a you get an item or something. Um So yeah. So it's like you're paying to have the like nine win events. Yes, it's like that, but like there would be one that's like super long so like let's say if it took it what if instead of it being wins like what if it's like you have to go up like 50 levels right Mm -hmm. um overwatch and like every single time you leveled up or like every five levels you get like um you get a specific skin or like like an exclusive spray or an animated spray or like a gun skin or something like that right um it's specific in that case it's like um yeah I, I don't know how else to describe it it's you're you're working towards a bigger goal throughout the year while like while you're still trying to get stuff working so like the, the more the more experience you get the more exclusive items you get because you bought the pass mm-hmm. okay so that that's how that works it's more like it's rewarding. Okay, so you pay up front and you get exclusive items as you work for it. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Well, would that do you think that would work for Overwatch in that case? I don't know if it will work for Overwatch. That's the main thing. Like I feel like we we already reward players for for winning with loot boxes, but loot boxes aren't cutting it. So if they were to do a battle pass, everything that's in there has to be like exclusive to the battle pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would kind of make like event boxes and um, I guess event like exclusive skins kind of okay. It's kind of meh, I, I guess that's the best way to say it. Um, but you want to have a way for you you want a way to incentivize people of getting items that they can't get otherwise, um, 
I would say, yeah, I don't think a battle pass method is the right way of going unless they go free to play. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, yeah, if they go free to play, say if they do go free to play and then they implement the battle pass, like I'm fine with that. That is, that's a way of saying like, okay, um, if, for example, if you went free to play and like you got a loot box every five levels, right? People would be like, okay, well, you're getting you're getting items every once in a while, right? But it's not as often as if you had a full game, right? Um, you buy into the battle pass, you get one every one every level, and then you also are working towards a new thing. Okay, okay, yeah. That that, that would incentivize people to play a lot more. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes more sense, and that that could definitely be a workable model. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so moving on. Um, speaking of skins, uh, the All Star skins are now live. They are go- going to be live until I believe the twelfth of October. So if you don't have your uh, your your tokens from the Overwatch League, uh, you can go out and buy some. Or I believe, I think probably the uh, the tokens from the North American region All Star game will probably. I think watching that will get you some tokens as well. So. Uh, if you're close, you can get them that way. Or if you're like me, who has just been putting on my laptop at night just to like burn and get those coins while I'm sleeping, um, I had enough to buy both of them. Uh, a funny thing that I, I saw online and that I also noticed is that when you log into the client, when you're in the lobby, it'll show uh, the Diva and the Reinhardt skins. And when Diva's far away, it looks like she's topless. Hmm. Uh, that's not. I hope that's not an implement of their skin. I don't know, but like considering the coloring of it and the boob window, it's like it, there were so many other designs you could have gone with. You know? Yeah. It's just it's it's once I I read that and then I saw it, it's like I can't unsee it now. Like from far away, and considering the coloring of the background, it makes it look like her chest plate is her skin color. So it literally just looks like you just cut out the chest of her shirt and she's just popping out of the mech with her boobs flapping out. Yeah, let's just hope that if, if Overwatch does go back and fix the skin, I mean, they did it with the, they did it with the Hanzo one where when he had like a gray beard. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that they fixed that one. We'll see if they do the same for the skin. Like if enough people talk about it, then Blizzard will fix it. Uh, and considering how they changed the tracer booty pick like pose, they should go back and change this one. We didn't need like like Diva's already sexualized enough as it is with the internet. We didn't need this one. Like you did the internet's job for them. So anyway, each of those skins costs two hundred. I really like the Reinhardt one. I'm still kind of eh about the Diva one, but I got both of them. Um, speaking more on skins. Um, there's a picture going around on the internet right now of a crossover skin that someone did that makes Sigma into Magneto, which it absolutely looks fantastic. Um, and if, you, if you've if you seen the X-Men films, in the third one, um, there's a scene where Magneto's just floating around and he's got these, these metal balls in his hand and he uses them like Sigma's uh, spheres. And it's just absolutely the best crossover that you could have done with Sigma. Um, my question is, is that why haven't we gotten crossovers like this before? Like Blizzard's a very big company um, and Fortnite has already beaten us to the punch and getting crossovers and stuff. Like they've got concerts on Fortnite. They have 
uh, events with Marvel. They have events with Star Wars. They've got that whole Disney hookup. Like, why can't Blizzard do something like that for us? And if, if something happened like that, Kevin, like what kind of cool crossover skins could you imagine them creating? Um, yeah, we were discussing this one. Like, they were first releasing the consoles. I want, I want the console crossover skins. Like, I wish they could make that happen. Um, and if they do, like, I, I'd be a hundred percent. Like, once again, just for the joke, Mario, Mario and Luigi, like Hanzo and and Genji. Yeah. I feel like that would be hilarious. Um, and then also, I want Doomfist Kratos. I feel like that would be really sick um, for for the PS5 or PS4 one if they wanted to go for it. Um, but I don't think we're getting those. Um, but honestly, Blizzard hasn't pulled the trigger on like doing crossovers like that. Um, and if they do do crossovers like that, there should be a little bit more like there there should be more like reach in that way um i feel like if you know we we are going to get into a specific game with nintendo but like if that does go down there should be you know a mutual like share both ways i feel like the only the closest we've gotten to any actual good crossover is just what the uh the spark did with a certain scientific railgun that's as close as we've gotten. Yeah, we, we just got a we just got a nice nod. Um, but really it's it's just all right, in my opinion. Like I feel like if Blizzard wanted to have more interaction with other companies, they would have done it already. Um right. they've been only using their own like um IPs and stuff like that and just keeping that all to themselves. Um, but if they do decide to reach out, I feel like it would be really cool to see what creative stuff they can get away with. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, what kind of, what level of collaboration they can, they can do, you know? Yeah. I feel like considering how, how desperate Blizzard is and Overwatch is to stay relevant right now with things like Valorant going on, um, something like this could really do wonders to, their public opinion and public interest. I feel like that's an area where Blizzard's really suffering right now is, is the public opinion and managing their social media in a way that keeps people interested. Yeah, they have to keep it interesting enough. Um, and if it means working with other companies, that like that would be, you know, it's just a win-win for everyone. Like mm-hmm. um, one company is getting more uh, publicity by being in the game the other one is you know doing better by the way you know you're you're getting more people to buy skins and work inside of the game so yeah uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes quick aside according to twitter spotify has declared it international podcast day so apparently that's the thing happy international podcast day kevin yay happy international podcast day we're still doing this <laughs> stuff yeah. So moving on to to the rest of the news, I got two stories left on my end. Um, so we we keep talking about this because it keeps popping up all the time. This is going throwing back again more towards the the start of when we were talking in this podcast. But 
we've got another potential leak that's saying Tracer is going to be in Super Smash Bros. We talked about this so many times. There's, there have ever since Overwatch ported or was even announced to port over to the Nintendo Switch, rumors have sparked about putting some characters from Overwatch into Smash. We know it's something that Jeff has been interested in, and Jeff has repeatedly said that he wants, out of all the characters, he would want Tracer in because she is, of course, the uh, the poster child of this game. Um, we've talked about it before, how we don't particularly think she has the best kit for it. There are probably others that could probably be better, like maybe like May, Winston, uh, Sigma even, Genji would be a fantastic character in Overwatch. Um, but eh, it doesn't look like that way. Jeff's doubling down hard on Tracer. Um, and according to, uh, on the Game FAQs forum, uh, a user by the name of Slayers Fan somehow got information that the seventh DLC fighter for Smash Ultimate would be Tracer, and this is what the uh, the message says. I don't post as often as others. For those that ever read anything I wrote, I don't lie to people. I'm going. I'm not going to say how, but this morning I have inside information about the next fighter. I personally hate when many leakers pretend they know who's coming out next, and instead of tell, telling you guys. They just do these stupid vague hints or riddles so they can cover their butts, but not me. I'm going to spell it out for you so you can bookmark it this if you want. The next fighter is Tracer, one of the lead heroes in the game Overwatch. It's a first-person shooter by Blizzard that came out in 2016. They signed the contract with Nintendo in the early months of this year. Finalizing other things for Overwatch took longer because of COVID. Tracer plays like a fast, agile fighter. She has every move from her game, so shooting her pulse uh, pistols, blink, and recall. They all basically play the same as in, as in Overwatch. Her pulse bomb is the final smash and also shows a few cameos from her team when it's executed. The rest of the, the reveal video shows almost the entire ca current cast of Overwatch playable characters, and towards the end, we see Tracer receiving the smash envelope digitally on her computer screen at the Overwatch operations base. Uh, this is everything for now. Also, if anyone else cares, in Overwatch, they have a character named Arisa, who I leaked two upcoming skins for that were released in the 29 Chinese Dragon skin, who were released in 2019, the Chinese Dragon skin and her Demon Halloween one. Um, so uh, apparently, according to the article, uh, Slayer has, Slayer's fan has leaked things in the past, and they're, they're obviously showing in this message that there is some credibility to their leaks, um, this is something that Nintendo has repeatedly denied because, I mean, even if, if it was something real, they would deny it because they don't want it being leaked ahead of when they're ready. Um, at this point, is it just white noise to us, Kevin, or, or do you feel like there's actual merit this time? Uh, I mean, I don't know until it's actually in the game. Like, if he... <laughs> I don't yeah. know when this is going to happen. And, I mean, if that's... I don't. I really don't know. Like he, he may claim that he have he has done these other leaks before, and he was correct. Um, I think honestly, if we are gonna see something insane like that happen, it's gonna be they're gonna be like, okay, BlizzCon, uh -huh. Overwatch Two comes out, right? Overwatch Two gets announced, and then they show like this little piece or this snippet of Tracer, um, like you know, getting into the Smash Bros roster. Um, it would be insane obviously to see like all of the blizzard peeps go go nuts you know but at the same time like 
I feel like it could be past its time, you know? It could have mm-hmm. been like if this was released earlier, um, would have been way better. But like Bert, I don't know how else to say it, but like overall, it's like it feels like it's on its last legs at the moment. Um, and introducing a character like Tracer to this, like, is gonna solidify their spot in the FPS world later down the line, um, as well as like maybe they could have um, if they did it like a year earlier. But at the same time, like, you know, Smash probably already has its roster planned. Um, and if Tracer does come, that's going to be cool. But um, I, well, we won't know how she plays until, you know, it's actually confirmed. I don't, I still don't think she has enough in her kit really to, to fill out what a Smash character should have. So, like, she has her standard B, which would be her purse, which I'm assuming is her pulse pistols. And then she has... Um, she should have four like directional B attacks. So like, I guess she has what two then? So she would have blink and then recall, and then she'd have her spinal smash, which is the uh, pulse bomb. But that's still like missing what two? I don't know. She would have three attacks because side up and down. So she would be missing one attack. So what could that possibly be? Yeah, it's just not a lot to really go off of. Um, and we really need, we need that bad. Um, Tracer doesn't have the kit to be in this game. And that's what we were discussing when, like, they were first discussing Tracer and Smash. Um, there's so many more characters in Overwatch that have more of a kit that lends itself to a fighting style game. Um, and, like, Genji already has his built-in deflect. Like that's like the trademark of every single Smash character. Are you even a Smash character if you don't have a counter or a deflect of some sort? Um, and then at the same time, like there's a whole bunch of just other characters that have like solid moves in general. Um, and if you want to see that like firsthand, just go play like the Overfighter game and just see how they how they feel as characters. You know? Yeah. I played it. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, the the mode that I played. It has a target lock on, so if you pick Bastion, like you automatically win. So no one should like if you see a Bastion, just accept you're dead. <laughs> just leave the lobby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last thing that I have for for news this week is, um, so we we've talked a lot about how financials have really been just completely messed up this year with COVID and everything. This was the year that return of investment was supposed to happen. Um, it costs a lot of money, cost millions of dollars to start a, a, a team for the Overwatch League. Um, and at least for this year, the league is allowing franchise owners to defer their league payments until 2021. And I guess split those payments between 2021 and the years after. In order to make it, I guess, a little bit more palatable for them, um, this definitely seems like a good move for blizzard and the league because um it's going to keep the franchise owners happy it's going to stem a little bit of the uh the bleeding from their franchises and and hopefully show them at least some goodwill that allows them to want to stay in the league especially like considering how much they need a show of strength right now um the league needs something to keep their investors happy you know keep them in in discussion and keep them 
know, still still playing in this game essentially. Um, without their investors, they're going to be losing a lot, um, losing a lot throughout the rest of this year. So I just hope that they figure out what they want to do with their setup and uh, make sure that the investors are paid out accordingly. Do you think that this is like considering? everything that's happened like do you think we might see uh teams drop off and or lose teams or are we going to get any expansions next year i i personally on mine i don't think we're going to see the league expand um and i think we'll be lucky if it survives in its current state we're 100 percent not getting any new teams so i'm just going to say that right now i don't know if we will get at teams dropping off either um, I know that some teams, like, it looks like some teams just don't care anymore um, or aren't even trying to, like, pick up good players anymore. Um, I'm not calling out anyone, but, like, that's just how it is. Um, it just looks like they're not interested as much. And it's probably due to the fact that there is no return of investment going their way. So I hope that they figure out how they want to help their people, like, get money in a way you know they don't want them to just sit there and uh not be happy and not invest in the company itself so um i'm glad that they're making this decision to help them out but at the end of the day it's all about getting your investors back what you promise them if we don't get to do homestands next year what happens um I would say if there is no homestands next year, um, they have to do something. They have to do something in a way that gets the organizations involved more. Um, I'm trying to figure out a way how to do that because I know that um, the organizations have ways of like getting people to show not just show up to an event but like to just participate um the san francisco shock hold these things on occasion where um they'll have like viewer game night where essentially there'll be four overwatch league players and then there's like a sign-up sheet of like people and then they say like oh well this person hasn't played with us yet this person and they'll create a custom lobby and two of them will be coaches and two of them will play in the game so um, they can at least get a little bit of like experience with playing with people of that caliber or playing on a team with like some favorite players. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you wanted to do that, like if you did that with like a raffle system, like you did that, a raffle system, like $5 a ticket to enter. Um, it's just shuffled up and then you just have to tell the players like, hey, you're your voice and your gameplay is going to be recorded. Uh, then you make content off of that. And that's one way of like getting more people to like be interested in your stuff. Um, but at the same time, it is like, it is kind of weird um, that there's no real way of like knowing that the money's coming back. Yeah. Uh, COVID ruined us. <laughs> anyway, you have any news, Kevin? Anything you'd like to uh, bring to our attention? Um, I mean, nothing league-related. I would just say, like, if you are in college or if you're in high school right now, um, mm-hmm. stay involved in esports. 
um, create your own teams, like high school, especially like, I feel like you can get away with it a little bit more now. Um, but put out a feeler, say like, Hey, I want to, I want to make a team, you know, I want to make this happen. Let me know. Um, and they will get everything underway and make sure that it works out for them. So, um, yeah, try out for your teams practice. Um, I know I'm training somebody like later today. Um, so it's just consistent practice and try to get, try to stay together, try to, try to keep your teams, uh, tight. So yeah, have fun with that. And best advice for keeping a team tight. Good. Best advice, um, team building. Like you don't have to always play Overwatch together. That is one thing that like a lot of teams are like, well, we might as well just practice if we're going to just work on teamwork. It's like, no, no. Uh, I make my team play Among Us. I make our, I make my team play um, like Jackbox party games. I make them play Mafia. I make them do a whole bunch of games that require communication that isn't always necessarily linked to the game itself. And the reason for that is if you can build a bond between two people without having to like worry about specifics of everything all at the same time um you get a team that trusts each other a little bit more so when it does get down to the thick of things and you know that you have to do crazy things um you can trust your teammates to do what they need to do um i know that is one thing that i had issues with with the team that i coached last year um a lot of people were unhappy with um just other people's performance or lack of uh, commitment to the team so I said, like, hey, you know what? We have to work with what we have and make sure that if we're working out and we're getting better together, that is, that is the main goal. Like, I, I just want you to improve over the course of the year um, as a unit. You don't, have to, you don't have to like one another. You don't have to be buddy buddies. You just have to, like, be able to get what you need to get done and trust that the other people on your team are going to have your back in that moment. Cool, cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning into the news section this week. Please tune in next week, and we will uh, go over news from next week. Uh, please also tune into this week's gameplay section where we're going to be covering the Asia All-Stars game. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Next week, we take a look at the NA All-Star Games as we move closer to the Overwatch League Finals. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.